for coming to us now from Cleveland, Ohio, to talk some Cleveland Cavaliers basketball. James Bridges, jbsmooth84.com. Welcome to Cats Talk Wednesday, James. Appreciate you joining us, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. Um, shout out to the to the guests you had on earlier. They said that uh, they had a, a guy saying on Facebook or something that uh, Kentucky Wildcat losses caused them to drink. And, and y'all chastised him really bad. And, and I felt bad because Cavalier losses make me drink. So, I, I mean, I feel like y'all were talking about me while I'm over here listening to the show. Like, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. I thought I thought I had friends here. And here they are talking about my drinking habits. I don't, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> Those cats lost the well, man. I'm a... <laughs> man, here lately, well, I don't even know where to begin. So what, just take us maybe to the very beginning. Are you born and raised in Cleveland, Cuyahoga County native? You go tell us about your Cleveland fandom, you know, Take us to the beginning. Oh. We'll definitely get up to all the stuff that's going on now. <laughs> all right. Well, I am not born here, but I've lived here almost entirely my whole life. I was actually born in Kansas. I am a, I'm an Army baby. My mother was in the Army, and we were, uh, that's, where, that's where it started. I've been a Cleveland sports fan uh, ever since I can remember, um, watching the Cleveland Browns, Bernie Kosar, uh, Mark Price was my favorite player for a good long while. Um, Eric Metcalf was one of my favorites. I was a I was an avid baseball player as a kid. So you know, Lofton by Eric it was Kale, um, Alomar. So I mean, I've I've been a fan of of Cleveland teams since forever you could say, and uh, it's just continued up until adulthood. Well, even in adulthood now, like so, you know, doing the media thing and being a, a, a podcaster and a host and all of that good stuff, you don't want to be too much of a fan because you don't want that to, to blur your objectivity and how you critique the game. So of, of late, you know, you kind of got to put that to the side. But I will say the Browns have damn near made me never want to watch a Cleveland Browns game ever again in my life. <laughs> I, I can I can about predict what's going to happen without – like this is how I knew I was getting old. Like my dad – you know, used to tell me, you know, oh, this is how the game going to go. I'm like, how do you know? You have to actually watch the game. He's like, nope, it's going to come down to like the last six minutes. They're going to turn the ball over. Something's going to happen, and that's just where they're going to lose the game. Watch. It doesn't matter. And so I find myself the last two, three years, I don't even watch the game because I mentally know in my head at about the last six minutes, they're going to lose the game. They're going to do something. So when you go back and look at this last season, they were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that made it to the AFC Championship game, right? Very, very good team probably top three defense in the NFL. Uh, offense was eh, shaky because their quarterback is trash. The, the Browns legitimately <laughs> had a chance to win that game. Legit. And what happens? The last two minutes, your rookie quarterback throws an interception. There's the game. You, you basically wasted three hours of your whole day for an interception to happen in the last two minutes of a game that you probably shouldn't have had no business being in in the first place. I've gotten past the point in my life where I want to waste three hours <laughs> <laughs> and watching this team over and over again. Man, and then, you know, football season is winding down and basketball season starts and it's a promising start to the season for the Cleveland Cavaliers. What, get off to a 24-9 start? And and, and look, just to, sit, to kind of preview, Terry and I have had this conversation for what the past three or four years, 
since LeBron's been back in Cleveland, right, Terry? They have rough patches in the season, but, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody says, oh, is, is Cleveland dead? Oh, they can't overcome it. You know, they'll have a swoon, you know, before the All-Star break or after the All-Star break, and then next thing you know, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals and in the Finals again. So we've had this conversation the past three years. But this year, well, for me, I'm not going to speak for you, Terry, but this year just seems a little bit different. The turbulence is a little more severe from on the outside looking in, James. That's all I'm saying. Uh, this feels a little different just from the standpoint of, I don't know if this is one of those patches that they're just going through as just normal. And on top of that, you just have your normal office politics. You know, I don't like, you don't like, but we find a way to coexist within the same area, right? And we find a way to get the job done at the end of the day. But the thing that kind of gets overlooked is if I don't like you, it gets very hard to put that to the side and still work long, alongside you, right? So, because everything kind of gets clouded or, or uh, framed in the in the sense of, well, you just saying that because you don't like me, or you just saying that because of whatever else. You know, everything's always connected to you don't like me, and until they can get past that, you know, then then they can really start to address the real issues they have. So potentially, yeah, this could be one of those rough patches, but if they can't, at some point, somebody has to be able to say, I'm going to be the bigger person, I'm going to try to get this relationship righted, in a sense, it's never going to get fixed, and it's just going to get worse. Like, you know, Isaiah Thomas being the new guy, and they have a lot of new guys, seven new dudes on the team, you know, but some of them have figured out, you know, when is their place to kind of speak up, you know, when can I, you know, show the leadership tendencies that I've shown up other places? You can see that in Dwayne Wade when when he first got here, he was talking all that, you know, hey, when I was in Miami, the fourth-year man, it was so tough. We hated being around each other. This, that, and the third. And you notice of late, Dwayne Wade don't talk that much. I think he figured out that, you know, it's really not my place. They're not necessarily receiving this in the way that I'm doing it. Let me find a different approach. Isaiah Thomas, while may he, he may well be uh, telling the entire truth, they don't play. They don't play together as a team. They don't. They don't make adjustments, so forth and so on. But they don't like him, and he don't like them. And no matter how much truth he's telling, <laughs> until they get past that, hey man, just because I don't like you, don't mean you telling a telling a lie. They ain't gonna never be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, TV. I know you got something, man. Well, just uh, like Vinny said, we we've seen this mo from LeBron going back to his Miami days. There's that stretch in the season where sometimes he literally takes a vacation. You know, he takes that week off or so. But with this team, there's a lot of personalities. Uh, Going back to what Pat Riley said from his Lakers days, there's always the disease of more. And when you look at – I want to talk about the players-only meeting that happened a couple of weeks ago where everybody kind of started dumping on Kevin Love, who I think is catching it undeservedly so. What, what's your kind of thoughts on that players-only meeting? Meetings are useless if nobody decides to tell the truth. Now, for all the reports, Jason Lloyd and Brian Warner say this meeting was basically a whole bunch of hooping and hollering, but no real conversation. They never got real to the nitty-gritty. It's just a whole bunch of, you know, Isaiah Thomas – 
so-called calling out Kevin Love, LeBron yelling at executives, yelling at the GM. And, I mean, that really is just a culmination of frustration, but that only happens in that way if we are to believe the reports. That only happens because of what happened in the summer. You know, if you don't let your general manager walk, if you don't allow your general manager to extend his services to you and lend his help because he figures you you need it before he jets, and you buff at all of those opportunities, you, you tell him to get out the door, we don't need you, we good, well, you get, you're going to get what you deserve. He, for all reports, David Griffin, great, great people guy, knew what buttons to press, knew when to come down, talk to the players, get in the locker room, you know, just kind of be aware of the temperament of the room. But you don't have a guy that can get the temper, temperament of that room. When you look at the front office that is surrounding Kobe Altman, no disrespect to these guys, you know, but these aren't the cool kids. These are the kids that went to the Ivy League schools, and these are the kids that grew up playing the game in a sense from a statistical standpoint. These aren't the dudes who are hanging out at the rec. These are the dudes who are sitting there on their computer coming up with another formula, which is great. You know, analytics is forwarding all sports in a, in a great way, but if you don't understand the people part of any business or industry, it's not going to work. It's never going to work. So you got a whole new front office of guys who, you know, they didn't go through the steps of, you know, and think of it as a retail, you know, where you go sales associate, assistant manager, manager, district manager. They, did, they didn't go through that process. Kobe Altman was the third man on the totem pole. And these other guys who were surrounding in his cabinet, these guys were basically assistants and, and assistant scouts and, and running numbers. They weren't, they weren't running into people. So when you have a team meeting and you have all these guys in this room, there's, there's not anybody he can look to the left and say, oh, I trust that you can get the job done. Because these three guys, they've never done it, at least not at this level. And Kobe, God bless his heart, God bless his hustle. I, I salute the man for that, but he's never been a GM. He doesn't have the track record of a David Griffin or even a Danny Ferry or an R.C. Buford or, you know, pick, pick the name, you know. Even, even when you look at uh, Rob Palenka in L.A., you know, at least he had the understanding and the dealings with general managers and owners and players. He had been involved, and not to say that Kobe Altman hasn't been, as, been involved in the league, but he, can't, he hasn't been able to develop and foster those kind of relationships just only because of the position he had only previously held. You know, he's only 36. You know, he's not a, he's not a very old guy. I don't even think he's 36, actually. I think he might be younger than that. So, I mean, he, his, his life experiences just haven't led him the track record for somebody just to blindly say, oh, I trust you. I, I'll, I'll have the conversation with you. Of course LeBron is going to scream at him. He, he knows he can get away with it. Who's going who gonna to call him out on it? Right. So We're talking with looking, James Bridges, jvsmooth84.com, uh, talking Cavs, and you talked about the the team meeting and how useless it was. And in a span of about a week and a half, Oklahoma City comes in and hangs 148. Uh, Houston wins 120 to 88. Uh, you have. The game last night where you're up 21 on Orlando, which perfect time to have Orlando on the schedule to maybe get healthier, get a little confidence. Up 21, and then it's a 39-point uh, a swing, and Orlando wins by 18. And, you know, 
that's just the latest. You you tweeted at us about how you come on the show to talk about as the Cavaliers turn. You reached out to us last week. You know, we had we had Michael Tillery on, and uh, you replied to his tweet like, "If you need somebody, come on, talk about this Cavs mess. I'm here for you." And I saw that. I was like, "Well, yeah. Well, let me reach out to you and have yours. So we appreciate you coming on." But it they just keep one upping themselves in the wrong way. It's it's they they do it. You ever been like in a rut? You know what I'm saying? Look here, put it like this. We've all had car trouble in our lives, right? Car just won't get out the mud. Yeah. But the harder you push, the deeper you get in the mud. Sometimes it's not how hard you push, how hard you work, but how smart you work and can you think your way out of this situation. So they just keep fighting themselves into a deeper hole that they're currently in and, and instead of just facing the real issues. So, like, let me take you through a, a real brief timeline, right? They keep speaking. Everybody keeps talking about we don't trust each other. We don't trust each other, right? But what does that really mean? That's a, that's a nice phrase, but what does trust really mean? On a basketball court, you've got to be able to, in certain instances, on defense, I've got to trust that if I leave my man to help somebody else, that my teammate has my back, that he will get my guy for me, right? I need to trust that if we're running an offensive play, that you're going to make the cut, that you're going to make the dive into the lane, right when you're supposed to, so that when I throw the ball to the spot, you're already going to be there. i got to trust that, hey, you're going you're gonna to let me know time and situation of the game. Hey, it's three minutes left. we got one more foul before we get into the penalty. Be, keep, keep on your toes, right? Those are the kind of things that you got to rely on your teammates for. So you mentioned last night's game. You mentioned the Rockets game, and you mentioned the Thunder game. And I'll even take it further back for you to show you how long they had these problems. We'll go back to the Kings game a couple of weeks ago, right? The Kings game, Dwayne Wade and Jeff Green got stuck in the pick-and-roll situation, really is Dwayne Wade. But Vince Carter had been killing them all night, all night. They run an out-of-bounds play. Dwayne Wade gets stuck in the pick-and-roll. He leaves his guy, goes to cover Vince because he'd been killing them all night. It, it only made the, the most sense. So Dwayne Wade goes, with, goes to Vince. In the meantime, Jeff Green is in the middle of the damn paint. Mind you, Vince Carter was at the wing behind the three-point line. Jeff Green had no idea where Vince Carter was. Vince Carter could have had a million dollars in his pocket. All the, and you could have just, whoop, I, got the, I got your bread, cuz. And he would have never known. At the end of that play, Jeff Green is over here looking at Dwayne Wade like, yo, you out of place. Dwayne Wade had to look at him and say, man, that was you out of place. I'm covering your guy. Because you know where he was? No, he was at the top of the key. That's where he was. You didn't even know. So it's things like that, people not necessarily being completely aware. You know, they're not being on the same plays or whatever the defensive plan is. You mentioned the Thunder game, right? There was a play where Jay Crowder got caught in the pick and roll. Instead of going with the guy with the ball and not the, the roller, the roller was going to the sideline. Kevin Love was coming. He, he had one foot out the paint and one foot lifted off the ground. He was running. He, he was on it. Even if he didn't get there on time, he saw and recognized, my guy needs some help. I'm on, help is on the way. And Jay Crowder, first step, he started to go with the ball and didn't realize, wait a minute, my guy is about to be wide open. And instead of following the ball, which is the smart basketball play, he's not a dumb basketball player by any means, but for whatever reason he did not make the smart play, he leaves the guy with the ball. He go, it, so now you got two people running at this guy in the corner, and the guy with the ball is wide open. Uh, guys, I think we have a problem here. The wrong guy is open here. Uh, just, you know, so you keep having situations like that 
that keep occurring. Look at just on the defensive side. So now, last night, we want to look on the offensive side. <clears throat> Isaiah Thomas, the new guy. Everybody knows when the Cavs don't move the ball, have no movement on offense, it just looks like a terrible offense. Last night, you could see the conflict of the tug and pull. Isaiah Thomas wants more leeway to kind of do his thing. LeBron wants the ball in his hands to orchestrate the offense to get everybody in place. And you can see on uh, one of the pick and rolls, I want to say it was probably around like the six-minute mark of the first quarter, you can see where LeBron is calling for the ball. He's calling for it, and, and Isaiah won't give it to him. You can see on another play, uh, LeBron's calling for a pick and roll, and Isaiah's just, he's like, I don't want to set this pick. I don't want to do that. And they're fighting, I want to say literally fighting over the ball. But there was one play where LeBron called for the ball, and you could just see, you could see it in Isaiah Thomas's face. He passed him the ball like, yo, man, here, take this. You know, I'm pretty sure you've seen, you've seen the highlight. The highlight where, he, where uh, LeBron throws, throws the cross-court cross court pass to Isaiah and it was too tall, yo, man, everybody knows Isaiah ain't that damn tall, including LeBron. And we know you don't throw the ball that damn hard to nobody unless you're trying to hurt him. They don't get, they don't get along. They're not willing, at least at this moment, to set that aside, be the bigger person, and address the real issues. The real issues is I don't like you because you came in here thinking you're the boss. And uh, just to let you know, you see, my, you see that banner? I, I, I did that. I, I'm the boss. And it's, you know, they, they got to figure They got to work through. They got to, it, it's, 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 it seems so simple because <clears throat> many things we try to assimilate, like, you know, professional sports to everyday life. This is probably the one thing that translates, you know, evenly, you know, so parallel. It's just the office politics of I don't like you and you don't like me. And, and when we don't get along, the business suffers. Talking with James Bridges, jbsmooth84.com. Terry, man, I know I cut you off that last question, man, so I apologize, man. So hop right in there. Well, I know that the it looks kind of out of whack right now, and we've talked about they've kind of had issues before. But when you look ahead at the playoffs and you have to say, okay, can they get to the finals? You know, in my mind, it, it boils down to can these Cavs beat the Celtics in a seven-game series. Like, I, I don't think that the Raptors are going to be able to do it. And, and I know that uh, Washington, with Wall being injured, you know, how are they going to be in there? But, but do you think with all this kind of being, uh, you know, all this going on, can they right the ship and get back to the finals? I mean, can they right the ship? Absolutely. Can I be president of the United States of America? Absolutely. Will I? Hell no. No, no. I know what we're looking at right now. You say, well, James, don't doubt yourself. No, nah, no, nah, it's probably not going to happen, bro. It's just not in the for my life. But, no, I mean, this guy, I mean, can this team get it together? Absolutely. You know, nothing is impossible, right? The only impossible is doing the impossible. So, no, you can't say that they can't, but – Yo, man, it, 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 even if they figure, even if they don't make any trades, and let's say they go with the same roster, and it's mm-hmm. the middle, of, it's it's beginning of May, you know, they may they may get somewhere in the playoffs, but if they don't really fix the real issues they have with each other personally, or or even just work related, it it, it won't matter. It won't matter who they play. I I, I would watching the Raptors, they're they're much improved. That's the, 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 these are the factors we didn't account for in the summer that other teams 
would possibly get better. And maybe there is some regression from the Cavs, but the Raptors can beat the Cavs as constituted today. Will they? I doubt it in a seven-game series because LeBron's the best player still. Uh, the Celtics. I think the Celtics have the best chance if for nothing else they have the freshest, the youngest, and they're, the, they're one of the more athletic teams in the East, and that gives the Cavs problems. They don't do good with teams who are very, very athletic. We have a very old roster who, yes, in theory we want to run, but you don't want to run like other teams actually flourish in running. We're, we're terrible in the transition defense. We don't get enough transition offense. Um, we don't score enough to really have the team we're playing have to take the ball out the basket every time. So, I mean, every matchup that they can come up against is going to give them problems. You know, and the further they fall down, or even if they, if they rise any higher, you know, they don't want to, you don't really want to play a team like the 76ers. They don't want to do that. They're going to have to work too hard. Like, you know, yeah, we're going to be the team that, you know, they're the old dudes at the, at the wreck that wipe the young dudes <laughs> off the floor every time. But, I mean, you, look, your legs only got so many runs in them. You're going to need everything you're going to need once you get to the finals if you're able to get there for Golden State. The more work they have to do now is just going to tear them down once you get further down the line. And I don't think as it was in years past where you can say, I don't worry about it. I think this year is the year to worry and to be concerned, if nothing else. Definitely. Talking with James Bridges, jbsmooth84.com, covers all things Cleveland sports. Uh, you mentioned that we don't like each other, the trust issues. Uh, like after last night, Isaiah Thomas was t- quoted as saying, uh, whenever we're hit with adversity, we all go our separate ways. LeBron was asked about, <laughs> you know, uh, the no trade clause. Would he waive it? And he said, of course not. He said he's here for, quote, the long haul. Now, let's be real. That long haul is, what, March, April, whenever, the, <laughs> you know, their season ends. He's, I mean, long haul, really. I mean, he's, as far as, okay, I'm not going to be traded tomorrow. But <laughs> how long is this long haul, Jay? Okay, so look, on good word, I'll say, I think he had all intentions on staying here for the rest of his career. I, I, I'll, I'll give him that benefit of the doubt. Okay, so then the Kyrie thing happens. I still, I still think he was like, yo, man, I, if y'all make it work, I'll stay. Now, I, that don't mean I can't leave because you saw me leave the first time, but if you get it right, I'll stay. I think today – I think his whole plan, his idea was, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to run my legacy out here and, and, and kumbaya it out, right? And then it just fell apart. And I think all the decisions that Dan Gilbert has made up until today are things that would turn him, turn him away. So I don't think it's it, – would it, how much would it shock you on a scale of 1 to 10 if he decided to stay? An 8, a 7? Eh, I, I I think we, we underestimate how maybe not cynical people are. I think it's real easy to think that everybody's thinking worse, the most hustle way, to, the best way to just only look out for themselves. But, I mean, he came back. He worked for the dude who wrote the letter. He, he He's done everything he said he would do, at least, and, and you can believe that he's at least tried his best up until this point. So, I mean, to, to, to consistently doubt him over and over and over, for what? So, I'm like, I, I, I do think he, he wanted to. I think he wanted to stay. And Dan Gilbert just made it really, really hard. Like, 
he just wouldn't stay out the way. And that's and that would be kind of hard and, and difficult to deal with for, for for so long. You just get you get fatigued of it. It'll it'll wear you out. How serious was Dan Gilbert about selling the team? You heard we saw that report a few days ago. Was he trying to sell high and get out while he could or so next thing is this, right? You a lot of times the, the most complicated questions, the answers are right in front of your face. So let's look at this. Dan Gilbert owns a casino. Uh, casinos in, in Cleveland area, downtown. He owns Cleveland Cavaliers. He brought his Quicken Loans uh, financial company to downtown Cleveland. He's been, you know, lobbying and, and pushing for different things to go on, right? At this point, this would be the worst time to sell. You know, you may, you may potentially lose the greatest player to ever play twice. You did that twice. Even if you're the greatest businessman in the world, you can't sell me the franchise that lost LeBron James twice and think that you're going to get a good deal. And, and if you were going to sell the team at any point, you would, you would want to have sold it after they won the championship. That, it, the franchise was never valued at more. LeBron was locked in. It, it just it was it wouldn't have been a better time. So I, I I think if we if we actually heard what Stephen A. said, we we really understand it's not he wasn't saying that Dan was really considering selling it. But I think he, there's no reason to sell it now. He he's kind of put his footprint too much in the area to just up and and let a key component of it go. So I don't think those were really ever real serious thoughts of him selling the team. Now, at least not at this point. A couple of years ago, for sure, but at this point, it, it just wouldn't even financially, business-wise, make sense. You, you lose too much money on it. Right. Well, tell us about your website, the podcast, and what else you got coming down the pipe. Uh, soon, me and my partner, uh, Iceberg Pimpin, we are having a DJ battle. We do uh, not only just do sports and, and podcasts and website work, we DJ. And so we uh, we both did a uh, eight-minute set, and we're going to be uh, releasing that probably sometime within the next uh, five days or so. Um, the website, uh, jbsmooth84.com, you know, nobody would give me a job. So when uh, life gives you lemons, you make lemonades. And so I created my own platform and I created my own podcast as a way to uh, have my own platform to speak on. Um, Shout out to uh, uh, Rob Latov of Black Sports Online. I used to write for his website. Uh, he uh, showed Ooh. me some ways in, in around these uh, here parts. But yeah, no man, the podcast we uh, we talk everything sports, music, whatever kind of comes to mind. And uh, yeah, that's what it is. But be look be on the lookout for the DJ battle. Eight minutes. I'm uh, I am confident that I will be victorious over the uh, icy one. That is cool. I would definitely look out for that. I have uh, an uncle that lives in Cleveland. He's been up there for years. Uh, he also DJ. Now, he's older than you, so he's, he's he's late 60s now, but you might know the name. DJed all over Cleveland, talk line dancing. Everybody calls him Scoochie. I don't know if you know him or not, but that's that's my uncle. He that lives in Orangeville Heights. That name Scoochie sounds Thompson. very familiar. And they sound, now I don't know if this is the same Scoochie, but I used to know a dude named Scoochie who uh, who uh, did uh, tow trucks. He was a tow truck driver and, and did repossessions. I don't know if he did that on the side, but if that's the same person, he is a cool dude. 
Yeah, I don't think he repo, but he definitely DJed and and had a had a big purple Chevy Astro van, had all his equipment that he would haul all over Cleveland. Uh, my cousins went to Kinston High School up there and got family in Chagrin Falls, so and was just up there for the family reunion about last year. But uh, you probably ran across him or know somebody that knows him if you don't know him specifically yourself. So, but he definitely DJ. As well, so that's cool, and definitely hope you beat beat your guy in the big mono mono confrontation for sure. It's not even it's not even a uh, it's not even a concern. I'm I'm going in feeling mighty confident, not overconfident. We came to the table, we put our skills on the turntables, on the ones and twos, and you know I will come out victorious. We'll have it'll be a Twitter poll, so anybody that wants to vote on who the winner is, you'll be able to see the poll, it'll be on the website, it'll be on Twitter, we'll be putting it everywhere we can. So you'll be you guys will be deciding who won. We're gonna let the people decide. Because if you ask me, of course I'm gonna say I won. And if you ask him, of course he's gonna say he won, no matter how objective we could look at each other's work. But yeah, I mean it's you know it's gonna it's it's gonna happen. That's my guy. But got the key got to lose. You know what I'm saying? In the, in the in the name of competition, I can't I can't take a loss. I'm like LeVar Ball. I never lost. I've never lost a DJ battle. I've never had a DJ battle, but I've never lost. So, I mean, you know, the statement is still true to this day. I'm saying you can't lose something you never played. So, you know, I've, I've never lost. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm planning to defend my no-losses crown against Iceberg Pimpin. You heard it here first. Hey, hey, there you go. And that's cool that you did some writing for BSO and Robert Littell. That's great as well. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time to hop on tonight. Thanks for reaching out to Mike last week. And then I, I saw you tweet, and I was like, yeah, man, definitely talk some cast. So, man, appreciate you taking the time to hop on, man. We enjoyed it, and we have to get you on again, talk some Indians and Browns and, and maybe some Buckeyes come college football season. Absolutely, man. Anytime, just reach out. Appreciate it. Hey, definitely. Definitely, James. Thank you, man. Visit the website jbsmooth84.com